brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You are listening to the Friday Night Drive podcast, sponsored by Rosati's Pizza in Crystal Lake, Lake Marine and RV of Woodstock, Adams Collision and Service Centers, and Plum Garden and McHenry. Hello, hello, and welcome into the Friday Night Drive podcast. I'm Kyle Neighbors. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle Neighbors, and with me, as always, is my fellow managing editor for Friday Night Drive, Steve Susi. You can find him on Twitter at the Seuss. Seuss, how did uh, the fantasy football draft go for you today? Uh, kind of average. I, I went in with the philosophy that I didn't need to draft any running backs, and then I got to the end and realized, you know what, I don't have any running backs. So we, I, I guess we're going to have to figure that out as we go. Who's your top running back? Uh, it's Miles Sanders. Well, I mean, I like Miles Sanders, but I mean. Probably should be your top running back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's dive in here um, as we get ready for week two. But before we get into the podcast, uh, I'd like you to go ahead and give Friday Night Drive a follow on Twitter at FN Drive. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Friday Night Drive. Um, and want to give a shout out to uh, Prairie Ridges Mason uh, Locks who uh, won our fan voting for the Week 1 Friday Night Drive Team uh, team of the Week MVP sponsored by Rosati's and Crystal Lake. Uh, it was an awesome first uh, week of voting. A lot of people involved. Uh, it was cool giving out the belt to uh, to Mason. And uh, looking forward to doing it again in, in Week 2. Uh, and with that, Seuss, uh, our latest Friday Night Drive power rankings dropped uh, Wednesday with some big changes. Uh, we talked a bit about Warren in our Week 1 uh, wrap-up and... Um, we responded by moving them uh, all the way up from number 25 to number six in this week's power rankings. Uh, what was kind of your thought process in, in moving them up that much? Well, sometimes it's hard to, to really get a feel for how good a team that is centered around defense is. And I thought that the Barrington game was going to be an excellent test for one, how good that bearing that Warren defense was and two, how they would deal with a quality opponent. So and what they did, they were dominating on the defensive side of the ball against a team that typically scores a lot of points and does a lot of good things on offense. It's very telling to me that, you know, any any concerns that I had about this team kind of put them to the side. And, and when you took a really hard look at some of the teams that uh, maybe struggled this week or didn't kind of do what I thought they were going to do, it seemed almost natural to give Warren a big jump. You know, elsewhere we had uh, Glenbard West move up from, 16 to 9. Hinsdale Central and Brother Rice, who weren't ranked at all last week, uh, are now coming in at number 13 and number 14, respectively. And um, you know what? We decided to move Batavia down only two spots from uh, 
to number seven after they had uh, a week one matchup against East St. Louis, our, our top ranked team in the power ranking. Overall, there was a lot of movement in, in the rankings this week. Yeah, there was just a lot of instability with so many teams, you know, struggling with out-of-state opponents, the top teams. So you kind of had to have some movement. And there were some teams out there, and you just mentioned a couple of them, that I had big questions about, to be honest with you, that couldn't really be answered until we actually played a game. So much turnover on that Brother Rice roster in terms of graduation that you didn't really have a good feel for exactly what the Crusaders were going to be. And when you look at it, you know, moving forward, Obviously, they've had some guys step up and fill those voids. They did a nice job in week one against a pretty good Hillcrest team and showed that they still have a roster capable of being in the discussion as a top 25 team. And then, I mean, look at Hinsdale Central, impossible to ignore what they did, especially defensively against a Naperville Central team that everyone expects to put up huge numbers of points this year. And then Glenbard West, we saw it ourselves, just a really, really sound football team that has a lot more going for it than maybe we thought heading into the season. Absolutely. One more I wanted to hit on was Fremda. I would not have guessed after one week we'd already have them in our top 25, a team that went 5-5 five and five last year, had a ton coming back, but they put up an impressive win uh, in week one, beating Lake Zurich 24-6, I believe, off the top of my head. But, you know, uh, I got a shout-out, a guy I mentioned, a good friend of ours, uh, well, a good friend of mine, and, and you know him as well, Seuss, Mike B., Mike Billadu, a, a friend from college, uh, was talking up Hersey before week one, um, said he really liked that that program and what they were doing. And they went out and beat Lincoln Way West uh, 35-21 in week one. So now you got Fremd and Hersey both at 1-0, both looking like they, they could do something this year. And that's an interesting matchup in week two. Yeah, that's absolutely a game that you have to look at just to, to try to get a feel for exactly where those two teams are, are at. Both, like you said, big statement wins in week one, proving that they're here and they're likely to be a factor. So it's going to be interesting to see that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like you said, wouldn't have expected Frem to jump in there, but a, a really solid showing for them, showing that that experienced base from last year really has a lot going for it. All right, Seuss. Well, you've been hard at work uh, updating your projections here for what the playoffs are going to look like. Now, obviously, we got to take this with a grain of salt. It's one week, but you know there are things you can learn. And uh, Seuss, I'll, I'll let you take the lead, kind of here. After you got done with your projections, what did what was your takeaway? Well, the first thing that really surprised me about all of this is that I went through and I, I landed on exactly 256 teams that qualified with five or four records or better, which means there, if that scenario played out, which obviously it probably won't, but it, it is kind of an indicator that what we're looking at now, there I think there's going to be less teams that get to the five and four mark. It might not be 256, but you do have to look at it and say to yourself, okay, if there's none now, no teams that would be eliminated by tiebreaker, and this gets a little quirky, I think it opens the possibility for maybe the first time that that I can recall that we might see a real possibility that a four and five at-large team might make the field. And that's a really unique situation that that I think will be interesting to watch as we go along. So that was the thing that really kind of jumped off the page and then I really started to dig into the, some of these teams' schedules, and, and it's so hard to do that this early. But when I really looked at it, there are some teams out there that have some really, really tough schedules, and they're going to need to pull off a win here or there that I'm really not expecting them to be uh, pulling off in order to just get themselves into the field because their schedule is so strong. So, uh, like I said, and this this is a fairly long list. I would say there are 20 to 25 teams 
out there that just based on past history, you'd be like, oh, that's a playoff team. They'll be there on playoff pairings night. But I just don't know if that's the case. I think that these schedules, some of these schedules are just so stacked. So if, if, if we didn't have 256 teams make the five and four threshold and we had a four and five at large, does that go by uh, playoff points? Yeah, it's absolutely stacked by playoff points. I mean, there's obviously a scenario where you could have a four and five team win a conference that uh, only has six teams in it and they would qualify that way. And that's happened before, but we've never had a four and five at large team get in. And you'd be looking to teams that play a really, really strong schedule in that scenario to maybe benefit from that scenario if it played out. In Class 6A, uh, the number one seed on on uh, the south side here is East St. Louis. We've been talking about the possibility of them landing in 6A uh, before the season. You had them projected in 5A, but they were close enough to the line that you were wondering, I guess after one week, are you surprised to see them already up in 6A, uh, just the way things broke? Not necessarily. I mean, they were so close to that line um, to begin with between 5 and 6 when the original class projections came out that – there's just a just a small amount of variance that'll push him into six. It wouldn't surprise me when I do this exercise again next week. They could move back down to five. It's really going to be one of those things that goes, I think, is going to rock back and forth, to be completely honest with you. The variant that's so hard to figure out right now is the Chicago Public League. You don't really get a good feel for who the good teams are in the CPL or the better teams are until you get about three or four weeks of data. So right now, I'll be honest, when it comes to a lot of this, the Chicago Public League teams that I have in the field, I'm doing little more than throwing darts at the board. <laughs> I feel like you're being generous when you say three or four weeks. I feel like it's not until five or six that you really get a feel for what's going on there. Well, you get a clear, you get a clearer picture of the upper echelons teams. The, the middle group, the, the teams that qualify from the Public League at five and four, I'll be honest with you, I don't sometimes know how those teams should be stacked on playoff pairing night. I mean, that's that's how instable some of those results are over the course of the year. All right. Well, before we move on to the week two game, Sue, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share uh, on your first projection? I just think it's going to be interesting to watch how this all plays out because I've never attempted this this early. So it's going to be interesting to see how much change there's going to be from week to week. I would fully expect that it's possible that between 25 and 50 teams that I don't have listed in the projection this week will move in next week. It becomes more and more stable every week along the season. Right now, it's just it's uh, it's open season on those things. It, it, it could go any way of about 100 different directions. Rosati's Pizza in Crystal Lake uses real ingredients, making pizza the way you like it. Mention this ad when ordering and get a pizza by the slice with a can of soda for four bucks. Call 815-477-0888 to place an order or order online at rosatispizza.com. Lake Marine and RV is your new boat dealer for Quest. Low, Rinker, and Veranda models. Lake Marine and RV has all your sales, full service, and storage needs. You can visit Lake Marine and RV at 2050 Southeastwood Drive in Woodstock. Online at lakemarine.com. Lake Marine and RV, Woodstock's full service marine and RV facility. Plum Garden has been voted the best Chinese restaurant and the best egg roll in the Northwest Herald's Best of the Fox year after year since 2014. Whether for lunch or dinner, dine-in or carry-out, our authentic Chinese cuisine is sure to satisfy. You can see a full menu online at PlumGardenRestaurant.com.
Most folks don't spend a lot of time thinking about auto body repair. Ask for Adams. The choice is yours. Adams Auto Body and Service Center McHenry, Adams Collision Service Huntley, Adams Collision Centers Lake in the Hills and Harbor, where quality and customer satisfaction count. Okay, Seuss, well, let's jump into the Week 2 games, and I want to start uh, with a fun Class 4A battle with Cole City hosting Bishop McNamara. Cole City is always a fun place to to watch a football game. It's always a, a great crowd, and you know they're going to be uh, pretty hyped up after beating Morris last week. Yeah, this should be a really, really interesting game. I, I know both teams have aspirations of, of putting themselves in the conversation to get to DeKalb, and I think those rightfully so. They're two very good teams, but... Uh, Cole City is really making a statement early on with that win over Morris. It's a it's a rivalry between those two communities that are fairly close to one another that Morris has had the better of for quite a while in numerous sports. So for Cole City to go in there and put that dominating performance down, throw 48 points up on the board, really says a lot about where they're at as a football program right now. It's a really, really strong team. I expect this to be a really good game on Friday night, but I lean towards Cole City pretty severely. Yeah, why why so? Well, I just I think that this is a, even though they gave up 33 points to Morris in this game, I think defensively, when push comes to shove, this is a Cole City team that can play elite level defense, especially at the 4A level. And while Bishop McNamara has a lot of components back, the one component they don't have is their bowling ball of a running back, Tyshawn King, that set up a lot of things for them last year. Uh, I'm not sure how they've really replaced that yet. They may have someone in the fold. But I doubt that they can be as productive as Tyshawn was. I would have loved to have seen him go up against that defense last year. I think it would have been very interesting. But with so many key components back on the Cole City defensive side of the ball, I think they'll have an answer for Bishop McNamara on the offensive side. Yeah, I I, I actually lean towards Cole City myself. I, I just think that they're going to be able to win in the trenches. This is a, a Cole City team that's always really, really stout up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah, Bishop McNamara does have a lot of size on their offensive line, though, so it won't be one of those situations where I think Cole City will just have an obvious physical advantage there. All right, well, let's move on to St. Rita, which picked up an impressive 31-14 to win against Joliet Catholic in Week 1 and now heads to Richards, which defeated, uh, defeated Lincoln Way Central 14-7. to uh, Richards is ranked first in Class 6A. Uh, St. Rita jumped from ninth to 4th in the Class 5A poll this week. And I, I think the first thing that stands out to me, Seuss, is, I mean, I really like this Richards team. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see them only put up 14 points on the board against Lincoln Way Central, and I'm just not sure that's going to be enough against St. Rita. Yeah, I was surprised too, but I think you have to give a little bit of a nod to the Lincoln Way Central defense. It's an experienced group with some capable players. They did a nice job of bending and not breaking in that game. Richards did post some very impressive offensive stats. LaShawn Williams was was near 200 yards. They had another back that, that had, had considerable numbers of yardage. The quarterback did as well. Uh, but Lincoln Way Central just didn't allow Richards to post a bunch of points. So it'll be interesting to see if they can finish potential scoring drives for more points this week um, in, in the sense for Richards. You know, on St. Rita's side, a very impressive win over Joliet Catholic. Uh, excise some demons from some struggles with that program in the past. So it's a very it's a very interesting matchup, especially when you can consider breakout sophomore Caleb Brown uh, is one of those guys that can really get it done on the St. Rita side of things. Yeah, I, I'm I'm siding with St. Rita in this game just based solely on the fact that I I find it really really impressive that they held 
uh, Joliet Catholic to 66 yards rushing last week. That you know, considering the Hilltoppers' pedigree on the ground, um, that's that's getting it done. Yeah, it really is. So, I mean, if they can turn that kind of trick against Richard's rushing attack, I would obviously favor St. Rita. I don't think they're going to be able to get that done. But uh, and I, I think it's going to be a very close game. We're going to go with a split decision on this one because I'm leaning towards Richards. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Loyola, which lost to St. Ignatius out of Cleveland, Ohio in week one and now faces a sound new Trier team in week two. A bit of a rivalry game here. Uh, what do you make of this one? Yeah, this should be really interesting. Kind of a kind of a neighborhood war here between new Trier and Loyola. And Nutria would like nothing more than to send Loyola to an 0-2 record out of the gate. Uh, I, I question whether or not they'll be able to get that done, but I think this game could potentially be closer than people think it will be. Um, Loyola still trying to figure some things out. I mean, they in that in that loss to St. Ignatius, they never really got their ground game going. They rotated a series of running backs in trying to find that spark. They never really found it against St. Ignatius, who is a very good team, so it wasn't going to be easy to find a spark regardless. But the fact that there's so much uh, maybe not so sure about what they're going to do on the Loyola offensive side of the ball uh, you know, makes me believe that you know, if Nutrier could come out and establish themselves on defense, this could be a real, a real dogfight. Yeah, I think Nutrier is, is going to be okay. Um, uh, you know, they're going to be in this game. Uh, they, you know, they beat Lions twenty to ten last week. I, I'm just not sure they're going to have enough to be able to beat the Ramblers. I think it's going to be close, as you said, but I, I'm going to go ahead with the Ramblers here. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think once again, I think Nutrier is capable of keeping this game interesting, but I, I'm not sure if they have the firepower that they're going to need to ultimately pull off the win. Well, let's go ahead and head over to Maine South. Uh, you know, looked really good in the first half when we were there uh, on Saturday when they faced Glenbard West, and things just fell apart after uh, a late first half injury to, the, to their starting quarterback. Uh, they get Mount Carmel this week. You know, that's Main South. You don't want to start zero and two. Obviously, it's very tough competition, but this is a, this is going to be a tough road for them. Yeah, it really is. It, it, this doesn't set up well for Main South in this situation. Um, especially if they're unable to get their quarterback back on the field because it was two different football teams on Saturday when he was available to them. Looked very sharp on offense when he was out there on the field. They sputtered significantly after that. So um, if they have him, I think, they, I think they'll have an interesting, uh, an interesting little battle here with Mount Carmel, a team that, to be honest with you, while they're, they're highly ranked, a lot of that is based on pedigree. Uh, I think that we didn't learn a lot from their opening victory against a team from Indiana, who hasn't really had a lot of success. So Mount Carmel rolled in that game one at 42 to nothing. We're never really tested, but uh, it's still going to be interesting to see exactly what this Mount, this Mount Carmel team is. So it's an interesting matchup here on a lot of levels. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, as you said, not, you didn't learn a lot from Mount Carmel last week against Calumet new tech. Um, I, we're going to find out exactly where the caravan are this week though. I, I do think they're going to win. Um, I, I'm interested to see if, if Maine South is going to be healthy, which would be a huge factor in this game, obviously. Yeah, we saw, we saw what they were capable of when they had everything, everything in place, and it was pretty impressive. I mean, especially that, that aerial attack is really, really good, and it's something that, you know, it, it's something that Mount Carmel has to answer to if, if they're fully healthy. So um, that's, that's going to be just an interesting matchup in that sense, seeing how it figures out. 
Mount Carmel, a little bit different offensively now under Jordan Lynch than they were for years and years and years under Frank Lenti. So, I mean, I think they're going to be better over the course of this year now that they're in the second year under Lynch, just being more comfortable with what they're being asked to do. So, uh, you know, two teams in a little bit of a, a little bit of an interesting transition period heading into this game. All right. Well, we got, we're going to go ahead and move on to Joliet Catholic, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. They lost to St. Rita in week one. Big matchup at home for them this week against IC Catholic. Suits, you going to get a chance to go over and watch this one? Yeah, that'll be the game that I'm at on Friday evening. So should be interesting to watch that one uh, just from a lot of different perspectives. A little bit surprised with the, with the struggles that Joliet Catholic had, like you mentioned earlier, running the football against St. Rita. Obviously, that's been the bread and butter of that offense for a while. But I'd gotten some feelings from that program in the preseason that, you know, they weren't necessarily going to try to force a, a square peg into a round hole if they didn't have the personnel to to run the ball as effectively as they have in the past. They might end up throwing the ball a little bit more because it suited their team a little bit better. So maybe they're still trying to figure out exactly what they are. And, and some of those growing pains showed in that in that opening week loss to St. Rita. As for IC Catholic, I mean, this is a program that is is kind of like a runaway train right now. I mean, they started a little bit slowly in that win over Belleville Altoff. Um, last week, um, the a long road trip maybe, you know, set them in, set them back a little bit to start, but before you knew it, they'd hung another 50 points on the board. So, I mean, this is a team that uh, has proven that they can play up and play up against, uh, you know, quality of competition and do very well for themselves. And I think this is no different. I think they've, they've, they're in good, they're in a good spot right now to move to two and zero against Joliet Catholic. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I see Catholic as the favorite in the game. I got a question for you. You know, Joliet Catholic won the five A title last year. Um, I see Catholic three straight titles. Uh, was it the last two in four A? Yeah, yeah, the last two in four A. Given the, the the high level of play from IC Catholic over the last year, and you look at the roster, and it's very talented, do you think this team would be right up there as a one of the top contenders in five A? Well, I think they would if if we remove the the elephant in the room, which is East St. Louis. Um, but I think if you put them in that group of other teams that may end up in five A, I think they would certainly be a team that you would have to discuss as a possibility to win that title as well. It's just it's it's a it's a well it's a well fueled machine right now. They they just seem to replace who they lose. They've got underclassmen that have played a lot that step up into larger roles. It's just really, it's really impressive what they've done in that school. And when you really cut it down, you shave it down to what it is. I mean, with the multiplier, you're you're talking about a school that has an enrollment that's just over 300 students that is doing this, and that's really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I brought it up. Um, all right. Well, let's stick kind of in your neck of the woods here. Uh, another team, the Joliet Herald News coverage area. And we take a look at Lincoln Way East, which ha- handled Stevenson fairly easily in Week One, thirty to seven. They get a very, very desperate Naperville Central squad this week, which lost to Hinsdale Central, as we mentioned earlier in Week One. Uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how this game plays out. Yeah, it could be pretty fascinating because if, I mean, if there's any area where you would expect Naperville Central to excel, it would be in the passing game. If there were any area that I had concerns about Lincoln Way East, it might be in their secondary. They had to replace a really talented group from last year that basically all graduated. So it's I think it's going to be a situation where, you know, 
Lincoln Way East has an extremely talented defensive line, has two Division One recruits on the front of it. If they can get to Sam Jackson and cause trouble, then that's going to be, I think, a huge uh, decider on how this game plays out. Because if if Jackson's allowed to throw into the rather inexperienced uh, secondary of Lincoln Way East, they might be able to find some things that work. So uh, Lincoln Way East is going to score points. It's just a matter of whether or not Naperville Central can match that. And the the interplay and getting to that point is very interesting. I was uh, I had questions about Lincoln Way East offense going into the year, um, but everything seemed to look you know just chugging along same uh, same old same old for them against Stevenson. So I mean if they're going to be able to put up points against quality teams like yeah uh, you know combined with that defensive front yeah Naperville Central is going to have to find a way to move the ball much better than they did last week. I'm taking Lincoln Way East. Yeah, I am too. I mean, it's one of those situations, like you mentioned, maybe had some questions about their offense. But, I mean, people look at it, they talk about A.J. Henning. They forget that Devin Williams was a 1,200-yard rusher last year, mostly in Henning's absence. He's a very capable player as well. They've got threats. It's just a matter of they may be dispersing them a little bit different than they did last year. All right. Well, you know, we're going to move down a little bit. We don't talk a lot about the smaller teams, but I did find uh, one really – uh, one interesting matchup in particular that I wanted to hit on, Seuss, and I honestly don't know a ton about these teams, hoping that you can fill me in. I, I just like the matchup. Uh, Heart of Illinois battle between Eureka, which is ranked number two in 3A right now, against Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, who, uh, which is a top-ranked team in Class 2A. Yeah, this this is a pretty interesting matchup for a couple of reasons. The one thing that really surprised me amongst these two teams last week was Gibson City actually trailed Paxton at halftime of their first game of the season. Second half, they stepped it up and did what they needed to do and finished off the game with a fairly comfortable victory. But that was a game that if you would have asked me beforehand, I would have thought that Gibson City would have cruised to victory in that. That did not happen. So obviously Gibson City, maybe not quite the the monster that they've been in seasons past. Uh, I still think they're going to be a very good team and to, and will have to be heard from before two-way sorts itself all out. Eureka is a little bit more interesting. The Hornets are a team that have really kind of, you know, struggled over the last decade or so, but over the last couple of years, they've really turned it around in a big way. And this is the kind of game where you can make a statement if you're Eureka and say, hey, we're here, we're a serious factor in this whole discussion because uh, beating a team like GCMS would, would, would make some really make a resonating statement across the rest of the state, at least in that classification in regards to the fact that Eureka is, is a little bit more than just a slightly better than average team, which is kind of what the perception of them is now. All right. Well, I'm not even going to try and make a pick on this one, Seuss, but I, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you picking Eureka in the upset? I won't do that just because I have a lot of respect for GCMS's ability to figure out ways to win games uh, you know, like this games where it looks like maybe the talent level is equivalent and they seem to find a way uh, success breeds success. And, and, and t- until, you, until you beat the King, you're not the King. That's the way I always look at it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Seuss? No, I just think that, uh, I think that week two is going to tell us a lot more this week. Uh, we learned a lot in week one about a lot of different programs, but now you're, now you're going to really start to see some divisions made. Uh, in week two, because there are a lot of games out there where you've got two teams that maybe are in the same place, uh, you know, and you're going to get to see who who comes out ahead in those. 
very interesting week week had in, in front of us. Okay, well, that will just about wrap it up for us here. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to the Friday Night Drive podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank our great sponsors, including Rosati's Pizza in Crystal Lake, Lake Marine and RV of Woodstock, Adams Collision and Service Centers, and Plum Garden in McHenry. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. For Steve Susi, I'm Kyle Neighbors, and thanks for listening. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.